The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, Major Professional Events, for over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to this latest episode of the TWBC Podcast. I am the aforementioned uh, Tony Lightfoot, and uh, uh, coming to you uh, from uh, uh, from Lake Gru, which is the home of Ski Fluid, and uh, at the Mastercraft Pro. And uh, a couple of weeks uh, post uh, the World Water Ski Championships, where we saw... Uh, the brilliant Belarusian uh, Sasha Denyushkaya winning the the women's overall competition, and uh, I'm going to give you a chance now to actually pronounce your name correctly because I've been butchering it for years, but uh, at least I try, right? Yeah, no, thank you. A lot of people don't even try because it's a lot of letters. So my name is Alexandra Denyushevska, but I go by Sasha because it's short and simple. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so uh, you you achieved the dream of a lifetime uh, a few weeks ago uh, at, uh, at the World Championships by taking the uh, the World Overall Championship. How's life been since then? Oh, well, it's been awesome. I mean, it's been a dream, so I just feel feel happy. <laughs> and still kind of trying to process it so it's it's awesome i can't can complain i don't know when it's gonna go away but now i'm still enjoying it excellent stuff excellent stuff so uh kind of give us an idea of the process of what it took to to get to that world overall title i mean i mean how long i mean how long have you been in the united states for now i would say uh since since college i would say which was when um, so I went to my first training camp to ski with Scott Ellis and Marin, uh, Matthew Ellis uh, in 2014, I believe, beginning, like 2013. Um, then I got recruited to Monroe, went to college for four years, and now I am in Orlando for three years. So seven, uh, yeah, seven, eight years now. Seven eight years, okay, and what? And you went to UR Monroe. What did you graduate with? Uh, I graduated with uh, computer science. Computer science, uh, computer science. You're you're someone after my own heart, but I mean, I'm a mass mass, mass communication major, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of computing going on uh, in in each realm. So, uh, coming into this year, what were your goals? I mean, aside for aside from the world overall championship, there are a number of pro tournaments that you competed in king of darkness and lord knows what else i mean uh what kind of solid goals did you set for yourself at the beginning of the season so um the end of last year um kind of looked at my scores and like i knew if i ski well i can podium for overall worlds so that was my main goal um obviously the europeans and um yeah i mean just tried to ski all the jump events and um kind of yeah just ski all of them and see how i 
how I place and stuff. I had a little bit of the health issues in the beginning of the year, so I couldn't really perform. What kind of same. health issues? Um, a little bit of like um, vertigo and dizziness, so I couldn't really like recover and like ski all three events the way I wanted to. So, um, yeah, the like the year I planned <laughs> didn't really happen, but um, really glad that like by the end of the year everything came together and like I was able to ski the way I was supposed to the whole season. <laughs> for someone who's been a jumper at your caliber for such a long time, vertigo just seems to be rather a, rather an unusual thing to be suffering from at this stage of your career. Um, yeah, I mean, it happens, but just deal with it, do PT and yeah. Okay. And the physical therapy. Uh, uh, t tell us how long and hard that was to, to get back into shape. I mean, I'm still doing it. So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, it, it's better now. So it just took a long time to figure out what's happening. So that's that was kind of the hardest part. Now that we know what it is, kind of easy to move on and deal with it. All right. And also a major part of anyone's performances is the mental aspect of the of, of the. Uh, of the whole competitive structure and you have actually sought out uh, the advice and the counsel of, of a good friend of ours within the Waterski Pro Tour and that is Chelsea Mills uh, from from Winning Mindset. When, okay, look, give us a little bit of a sense as to, as, as to what that was like in the beginning because, I mean, did did she reach out to you or did you reach out to her? And, and what circumstances kind of drove your decision either way? Um, no, I reached out. So, like, I, I truly believe that, like, it's, it's a big part of any athlete. Like, you can be physically strong, but if you mentally struggle, it's, it, like, you cannot achieve anything. So, um, I have been working with some therapists from home, but because I'm in the States now, it's kind of hard to, to do online and uh, I have been trying to find somebody here in States. So, um, yeah, like in the middle of the season when I f found out that she's actually doing um, this program, I approached her and yeah, we had a phone call and it's a program, like standardized program, but kind of like fit it for your needs. So we started it working, um, I would say July. Mm -hmm. like right after Europeans I think and yeah like I think we've been working like almost three four months now and uh, I, I really like it and I think um, the way she helped me to like believe in myself and like help me find a way to um, be ready at the tournament is like huge huge help Okay, I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously, we don't go drive down into deep specifics with with something like that. But I mean, a lot of a lot of skiers that I find actually have certain have certain keys that they have before they go out out onto the water. And I'm sure that you've that you've dealt with that kind of thing in the past. To what extent is is what you've been doing since uh, since July? different in any way to to what you've been doing in in the past so far as keying in on certain techniques you know when whenever you go whenever you're going out in the water wherever you turn line tension you know and uh, keeping water speed up i mean i'm spe I'm, I'm speaking spe specifically to jump which is the event that we know you for mm -hmm. but 
I'm guessing it goes beyond that, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's not necessary what I feel, like, technically on the water. Um, I feel like it goes back to my vertigo a little bit, because before I would be, like, I can feel very confident on the water, and when the season started a little bit off, when I don't feel 100% on the water, I started doubt myself, so I didn't ski as well as I could. And then I was kind of negative all season towards myself. So she helped me to kind of be a little bit more, not necessarily aggressive, but kind of attitude, just like more deal with it. More confident. Just I w- deal I w- with it. Yeah, like it's not going to be perfect every time. Just deal with it <laughs> and push. So Okay, so... Uh, you've obviously lived in the United States for a number for a good number of years. Are you are you planning on settling, or do you do you envisage a life back uh, a life back in Belarus? Um, I'll probably stay here because um, it's perfect for skiing. I can work, and um, yeah, I mean, I like it over here. Okay, excellent. So, uh, work. Uh, what does that entail? Uh, well, as I said, I graduated with computer science so I do a little bit of programming so it's perfect because um, I can work from home mm-hmm. I live on the lake so I can go ski come back work a little bit so I don't need to go to office which is perfect for skier excellent excellent so I mean uh, I mean any specific examples of what uh, of what you've done I mean I mean obviously computer science can be for some people like terribly boring or anything like that you know but i mean is it i mean i mean what i mean what i'm driving at is what attracted you to pursue that field of computer science when i'm guessing there are so many other fields that you could that you could have tackled i mean even 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 some of the the skiers that graduated from ULM have have pursued like medical uh, medical degrees that kind of stuff you know like the Benjamins and like like mm-hmm. Regina Jaquez so what attracted you to computer science instead of pursuing something like so many of those skier graduates of uh, well I mean it's one of the biggest growing industries like the shortage of jobs is huge um, so and the Job, like job opportunities is awesome um, second of all like I like math and problem solving so that's kind of my like mentality I guess like I don't like I like math physics so that's kind of what I vision myself to working towards like it would be either engineering or computer science so um, I couldn't see myself doing medicine I'm not really into like you, you don't like the look of blood or anything <laughs> yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and um, I don't think I could work with a huge amount of people either because I feel like I wanted something remote because I, I envisioned myself skiing for a longer time. So I feel like computer science was one of these jobs that I could see myself doing, like, remotely. And uh, the huge opportunities from, like, web design to web development to like there is just so many options you can choose whatever you want oh excellent excellent and uh, I do a little bit of web development and all that kind of stuff so maybe we can talk later on <laughs> anyways so before you came over to Belarus I mean I mean it was like seven eight years ago I mean now uh, do you do you ever look back at your time at Bel- in Belarus and like and, and like reminisce a little bit and kind of and and kind of wish for some of the simpler things that were 
that were present there or you, you know type type deal do you ever reminisce about about what your life was like there I mean so much? I miss my family a lot obviously so it was awesome that um, I mean I live 15 minutes from my lake at home so it was awesome that I could um, live it in a house go ski come back and uh, um, back home when you grow up uh, we have like a ski camp so you grow up with all other kids so that was awesome that you kind of um, have a training camp but it's also you spend all the summer with all your friends mm -hmm. so that was pretty pretty awesome but like I don't know if I would want the same thing right now <laughs> yeah because I mean from what I'm able to ascertain the tra training camps are very very structured and regimented you know yes. I mean uh, uh, you you instantly agreed with yes. that didn't you yes. so I mean to what uh, get try and give us give us a sense of what that was like you know uh, from from its structure and its regimen type deal so um, there is few coaches like five six coaches each coach has like 10 15 kids and you have a schedule so you ski six days a week and you have day off no matter what like we had day off every Tuesday and you ski every day from like 8 a.m. till 6 and you have time slots so you know your schedule you always told like basically what to do um, that's kind of what I struggled a little bit when I came to States because um, before I always had plan like plan made for me how many times I'm skiing what I'm doing what tournaments I'm doing and like how to prepare for it when I'm here I have to do it for myself so um, yeah and like basically if it's windy rainy cold sunshine you just go and ski because it's your time Rails. slot and rain sleet or shine <laughs> exactly. you, you had to go out exactly, there exactly because it's your time slot and there is nine people behind you and also waiting their turn and you all train during the winter as well because you had the swimming pools right uh we actually don't because i'm from minsk minsk so yeah. like when uh i grew up we didn't have pool we did go to training camp to Novopolsk for like a couple weeks a, w a year but mm -hmm. i didn't really ski that much in a pool yeah okay so yeah i was about i was about to mention is that i mean i mean there are quite a few skiers that have graduated out of that academy from Novopolsk, and i was about to ask you if there was major differences between like Minsk and Novopolsk, uh, and I mean, aside from the fact that Minsk is the big city, it's the capital city of Belarus. Yeah, yeah, I, I did take geography. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, Novopolsk is is like several miles. I mean, how many hours would you? It's would like you, three hour drive. It's about a it's yeah. about a three hour drive. Yeah, so it's you not know. It's so I mean you. I mean, two weeks out of the year, training in the swimming pool in the middle of winter. I mean. So in the middle of the winter, we're still gonna practice six days a week. Um, uh, our winter practice, so uh, we run 30 minutes, then it's group stretch, then you have 40 minutes workout. Then we have like a circuit where you do gymnastics on a trampoline. Mm -hmm. Then there is like a, it's 20 minutes, then you switch and you do 20 minutes. Um, it's like pulley system when you do tricks with a rope like and the ski like toes or hands and then it's 20 minutes you pull each other on a wooden ski so you do toes or hands and you do basically instead of pull you mm -hmm. ski on the carpet <laughs> <laughs> like a little rolling carpet exactly. just make just make sure you don't catch an edge too quickly. yeah exactly but yeah we would do toes like but i mean as a kid it's like a lot of slides or like simple 
toe lines and stuff or ski lines it's yeah and then we'll play basketball for another 30 minutes so life so life wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't as dreary and as you know and you know and glum as a lot of people from the outside looking in on Belarus you know would probably would probably assume so I mean yeah, there, there, there was still there was still a little bit of time for you to be yourself and that type of deal you know so uh, let me f let me think here a little bit I mean I mean we've dealt with your life here we dealt with your life in Belarus and now so I mean you've risen to the level of world overall champion I mean how much exposure has your achievement gotten within the nation of Belarus I mean, a little bit, but not quite, not quite as much as one would expect, yeah. huh? Um, I mean, I w I don't wouldn't expect water skiing to get as much exposure as we would want to, just because it's not Olympic kind of sport. Like Belarus is like Belarus supporting a lot of sports, but they care m mainly about olympic kind of sports of course i sense. mean you can say that for a lot of other countries around the world but yeah. i mean i'm trying to think of sports in which belarus has actually excelled over the years and i mean not, not that many um the other girl just won the um i don't know how you call it, gymnastics not like the oh the uh, rhythmic the gymnastics rhythmic gymnastics yeah, yeah. She just won worlds like two days ago so uh, okay okay yeah. so there so there so there is that but i mean so far as consistently producing champions and winners belarus has done a pretty darn good job when it comes down uh, to world championship mm -hmm. level i mean 2011 world championships the team title several times european yeah. champions at the team level so yeah, i mean it's that was huge. so i mean so i mean I mean Belarus. I mean you can. I mean when Belarus actually has their full team of of skiers and individuals ready to go, they're they're darn well hard, hard to beat. Yeah, no, that's yeah, absolutely. Especially just because we have only two clubs and yeah, and the conditions we have to ski in. That's that's pretty amazing. All right then. So uh, we'll leave we'll leave the conversation here right now. We thank you very much uh, for uh, for talking with us. Is there anything you'd like like to say by way of thanks or acknowledging uh, your supporters or that kind of stuff? You know, I'm sure you got plenty uh, because the road that you've taken to get here, you know, has been a long one and it's had a, had a few obstacles. But uh, I'm sure there are a good few people that you want to thank. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like my family they always with me and like that's the the biggest support so thank you uh thanks for to garcia family for their support and love um thanks to my coaches that's that's been a long long <laughs> ride so thank you guys um so call grant for helping me to bring the structure and like pushing me through um thank you to scott ellis um marianne matthew ellis for pushing me guys and um yeah thank you to taylor for dealing with me all right then and that was uh, sasha Denyushkaya. uh i'm tony lightfoot and this has been the latest episode of the twbc podcast so until next time it is ciao for now thank you for listening to the twbc podcast be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited.
Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.